this is Kelani Williams, and you are listening to Moderation. What's up, guys? I'm back with another episode of Moderation. I hope you guys have all had a good week and happy holidays. Guys, I cannot even explain how excited I am for today's episode. I've been wanting to do this episode for a while now, and the timing has finally come along, so here we are. Fair warning, this episode will probably differ quite a bit from my normal format, and I'm expecting it to be a little longer than normal. So settle in and get cozy. Today, I wanted to talk about how the relationships in your life affect you and decided to bring Autumn on today's episode to help me explain this to you guys. Relationships is a topic that I haven't really explored on this podcast. I've talked briefly about some family relationships and networking relationships, nothing about romantic relationships. Today's focus will mainly be on friendships. So without further ado, Autumn Kemp. Hey guys, I'm Autumn and happy holidays. If you guys have listened to moderation from the start, I mentioned a couple times I'm Kelani's best friend. Currently I work as a dental assistant while I'm also going to school to become a dental hygienist. Um, I just wanted to say on here how proud I am of Kel. I love listening to her podcast and listening to how much she's grown and honestly just seeing her succeed in what she wants to do, it's it's really fun. Thank you for saying that. Of course. <laughs> so, over the course of this episode, you'll get to know Autumn a lot better. <laughs> Maybe a little too much, but it's okay. <laughs> um, to help me better explain today's topic, we're going to take you through the entire timeline of our friendship. So buckle up, Buttercups. This is an entertaining story. And when she says the timeline of our friendship, she means the entire timeline of our friendship. So <laughs> it's pretty, it's kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> so for me... It started sophomore year of high school. I had no clue who Autumn was until we ended up being in the same group for prom. We were first introduced when driving to the day date, which was hiking Donut Falls. Keep in mind, it was early April in Utah, so it was still cold, and there was definitely snow outside. And by definitely, there was, like, ice on this hike. Like... We had a girl slip and fall and hit her head. Yeah, it was honestly, that's when it comes into play that guys don't know how to plan things, but it's okay. It was still fun. We met each other. Yeah, yeah. it was good. So I remember we sat next to each other during dinner and Autumn's mom made her wear nylons under her dress and she hated it. So she went to the bathroom to take them off and then we were laughing about it the rest of the night. Oh my gosh, I totally remember that. Uh, my mom felt the underslip of my lace dress was too short. And the only way that I was allowed to wear that dress to prom was to wear the nylons. Guys, nylons are literally just tights, but like your skin tone color. But I was so mad that yes, we went to the bathroom and I took them off. And honestly, my biggest memory of Kelani from this night was getting to the dance and Kelani had on these legit grandma shoes. Like I literally, she like lifted up her dress and I was just like, wait, like, cause we drove separately from the dance, like from dinner to the dance. And I was just like, was she wearing that the whole time? <laughs> and I honestly found it so funny. Okay. Okay. Let me explain. <laughs> they were like these old school looking Tiba type of sandals that I changed into after dinner because I was not about to go spend the night dancing in heels and having aching feet. Yeah, at the end of the night, I was definitely jealous that I hadn't changed my shoes and learned to do this every dance since then because I wore these awful flats that hurt my feet so bad and had blisters for weeks. So basically, guys, I've been ahead of the game since the beginning. Trend setter. 
Anyways, I don't really remember having any presumptions about Autumn before that night, and I don't really think she had any about me. I just knew her as one of the girls on my cheer team's friend at the time. That's, I honestly didn't even know her name. I just knew her as Bree's friend. That's literally it. Yeah, it was kind of just like we were in the same group for prom. The only real thing that we had to talk about was cheer because I had just made the cheer team, and Autumn had been on the team that year. That summer, we didn't really talk much besides in practice. Fast forward to junior year around homecoming and the girl I was closest with on the team had left on a trip for like three weeks. So over the course of that time, I kind of resorted to hanging out with Autumn and her one friend in practice since I was still getting to know the other girls. Okay guys, we want to preface that we're going to go into detail about this third friend that we had at the time and we just want to make it clear that we are only retelling this story to emphasize the lessons that we learned from this friendship. We just want to explain how we all became friends and the growth we had because of the things we went through and out of respect for this person, we aren't going to name names. Yeah, I think that's really important to mention. This podcast is all about moderation, and sometimes I think you do have to experience extremes, good and bad, to find the balance. So, moving on. This third friend and I became close around ninth grade, and I would describe our friendship right from the start as very codependent. We did almost everything together, and she was really the one who pushed me to try out for the cheer team. I was a ballerina and was very adamant about that. And then she opened up that opportunity to me and I'm super glad that she did. So for ninth grade and the summer after and 10th grade, we were absolutely inseparable. She was over at my house basically every day, spending just about all the time together that we could. Up until our junior year, it was just her and I. Once Kelani started to hang out with us more, the biggest change to me, and this may honestly seem so silly, <laughs> But it was that she moved where she would place her bags in the gym during our cheer practices. And that probably makes no sense. But, like, being on the cheer team, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, those on the team know that, like, where you set your stuff, like, that's where your friends are. So, like, you could tell that, like, people were having, like, problems in their friendships when their bags would be in separate spots. So, that was when I knew, like, Kellen, like, oh, Kel's my friend because her bag was moved. <laughs> and after that, the friendship between the three of us was very natural. We all got along very well. And I honestly don't remember much from that time only because I felt like it, fl it flowed very well. Yeah, I'd say it was pretty natural. There weren't really any hurdles. I felt like we had to jump over in order to accommodate each other. It was just free flow and we got along with each other and got along with each other's routines and other friends. So for me, I understood my place in the friendship. I knew that Autumn and this third friend were previously very close friends and I was the other friend joining. So it honestly didn't really bother me if they would hang out without me or had inside jokes and things outside of their friendship with me. That was always something I kind of struggled with in past relationships of three where a third friend would come in and it would completely alter the dynamic of the friendship that was already there. So it was kind of a relief to not feel alienated in this sense, but I do think that I was still slow to let down my walls and be vulnerable with these two. As we all became closer during that junior year, I kind of turned into that mediator friend or that middle friend. At this time, I had more of a relationship with Kel than our other friend did, and I would hang out with both of them separately, whereas they wouldn't hang out without me being there. So Kelly and I were in the same group to cheer with at basketball games, and I felt like that helped a lot more because we spent time with each other riding to and from games and hanging out before and after and all that kind of stuff. Um, I still remember cheering at this basketball game, and after the game, singing so loudly in the car 
with Kel and felt like I like honestly started to feel myself around her and not feel judged. At this point, we were all really good friends and we went on this nationals trip together for cheer. That was basically the birth of our group chat and all of the major inside jokes. That kind of was a point where it all shifted from being two different friendships with Autumn as the mediator to all of us being equally friendly with each other. And this continued on for months. We all hung out and went to baseball games and cheer events. With Good old other. baseball games. <laughs> Gotta love those. <laughs> we ended the year with the safety clinic for cheer. And I remember that was when I first started to feel the friendship shift negatively. It was the first instance I can remember being kind of put in the middle of the friendship. From then on, it kind of seemed like this third friend was relying a little more heavily on me than on Autumn, and I think that maybe threw off the theme of codependency that they shared, so problems definitely arose from that shift. For me, I really didn't see much of a change. This third friend in this time had gotten a boyfriend, so I was really trying to adapt to the new aspect of our friendship, and in that time, I also turned to Kelmore. During that summer, I had a rough couple of weeks, honestly. My grandma, who I was very close with, passed away at the end of May. This meant that I missed about, about a week collectively of practice due to going to say goodbye to her and for her funeral services. As cheerleaders, though, we were not allowed to miss practices the whole summer, but since my grandma had passed, I was allowed to miss those last couple of practices so I could travel for the funeral, which I was really grateful for. I didn't tell Kel or our third friend that my grandma had passed for a couple days because I felt just that slight shift and I didn't want to burden either one of them with what I was going through and then after I got home after the funeral I got super super sick with this really weird throat thing like I woke up this one morning and had absolutely no voice and even just swallowing felt like I was swallowing knives after talking to the coaches they didn't want me to come to practice until they knew that I wasn't contagious just because we're really in like really close proximity with each other all the time all the time and so they did not want me to come unless I had gotten tested for mono and for strep. And so luckily both of those came up negative. So that was on a Monday. And so 6 a.m. Tuesday morning, I was back at practice with a mask on because I still had no idea what I had. And I sat and watched the three hour practices. Now, this is really where we transitioned from Autumn playing the middleman to me being in the middle. Because Autumn didn't really say much about what she was going through. This third friend and I were still practicing. And all we really saw was that either Autumn was missing practice or she was sitting out. Now, I felt like I had been pretty neutral about it. Like if she was sitting out or had stuff going on, then that was that. There wasn't really anything I could do about it. Obviously, the coaches were fine with it. I will say it was a little annoying because Autumn was in my stunt group. So that meant that our group had to work with substitutes instead of the normal stunt group we had. So that also put us behind pace compared to the other groups on the team. I'm sure there were some grievances of my own expressed to this third friend in regards to the stunting and being annoyed with that, but not really anything that I hadn't also expressed to Autumn. At this time, I was still friends with Autumn and we were hanging out and so Autumn knew like how I felt about the situation. Yeah, I remember Kelani coming up to me like during practice and even after practice and just telling me how annoyed she was that she had to work with these substitutes and honestly would have liked it better if I wasn't sick and I completely agreed with her. I know how frustrating it could be and so I was annoyed more that the coaches wouldn't let me stunt and like I felt bad that they had to do the subs and not me. Yeah, it was just like super inconsistent. And so like having to have someone change out all the time and not have your normal group was just hard to accommodate. I think that is something to take important notice of. The fact that even though I was annoyed about the situation, I still communicated how I felt. Though 
at the time, I could have used a little more sensitivity. (laughs) (laughs) But with this other friend, I feel like there were a lot of feelings she had toward Autumn that were starting to build up, and it probably could have been resolved a lot sooner if it had been talked about directly with Autumn rather than said behind her back. The remainder of the summer was basically just me and Autumn. That's where we really started to get close. Like Autumn mentioned, this third friend got a boyfriend and so she was spending a lot more time with him. We'd invite the other friend to a lot of the stuff we did and her boyfriend too. Like yeah, we, we were very welcoming to the both of them. And we wanted her to hang out with us. Like we, even after all of that kind of stuff, like we just wanted to be around her, but she kept saying no. Yeah, she ended up turning down plans with us time and time again. So eventually we kind of just stopped reaching out with plans. Over the summer, I had also started talking to my high school boyfriend. (laughs) My parents were still pretty strict at this point, so we'd only hung out a few times. It wasn't like I was spending all of my time with him at this point. I was still spending a majority of my time hanging out with Autumn. So senior year began with what felt like little normalcy. We decided that every day after cheer practice, we would take a picture of the three of us in the exact same spot every day. Okay, that was to track our, first of all, what we looked like throughout the year. (laughs) Second of all, our outfits. Yeah, no, that was pretty, like, popping off for the outfits. That was until... (laughs) Until... Kel got into weightlifting class. Oh, yeah. And she literally, it was like <laughs> our third friend and I were dressed up, like all cute for school. And then Kel was in just like workout clothes. Yeah, it was, I was so funny. Yeah, just shorts and his t shirt or tank top. And oh. it would throw our pictures off. But we still continued to take them. So that, like, good on us. So as time went on, like, I started to feel things getting weird. As previously mentioned, we would have our chair bags in the exact same spot every day. So when it was time for a drink break, like I would wander over to Kel and our third friend to talk with them. And I found that our third friend would slightly turn away from me and devote her attention just to Kel or literally absolutely anybody but me. Little insight into Autumn's headspace during this time. I was a very self-conscious person who would overthink absolutely everything. But honestly, like I would keep it all inside instead of voice anything that I was feeling. So for her to have just a slightly different body language with me, like my instinct would feel like I'd done something wrong and I would immediately know that something was up. This time period between homecoming and Christmas my senior year was a much different experience. After homecoming was when our coaches started cracking down on our routines for competitions. And that meant the start of two-a-day practices. Gotta love those. Uh, Yeah, there were definitely some tears shed during that time. Transitioning into this competition season seemed to be pretty easy at first. And the whole team was really excited about it. A few weeks into it all, I felt like the feeling about it started to change. The teammates were starting to realize how hard the season actually would be physically and mentally. Keep in mind, we also had to keep above a 3.0 grade point average to be competing. And for some, that was hard to do. So that would mean we'd have to accommodate to people switching in and out all of the time. So again, with the substitutes, it just was very inconsistent. I think this is where I really had to step into a leadership position and where I started to alienate myself from this friend group. The cheer team started to feel like a very negative environment in all aspects. There were some girls who were hard to work with because I had the captain position and they thought they should have gotten it. And so that was something they kind of held against me. There were some girls who were new and didn't quite understand the commitment of time and energy cheer would be. So they just wouldn't give it their all. There were some who wouldn't take care of themselves and would either get into trouble or get hurt. And the coaches sometimes would forget that we weren't an all-star team and we're just a high school competition team. 
To me, it felt like in the matter of two weeks, all hell had broke loose, (laughs) and I was the only one trying to remain positive through it all. I remember one practice where everyone was fighting with each other and yelling at each other, and it came down to this stunt falling, and I had just, like, lost it and walked out of the room so I could go take a breather, let some tears out. I walked back in and was like, okay, let's get to work. (laughs) I just remember her walking out, and I was just like, oh, So this was kind of the breakthrough point. I started to understand that the same way that they all had an effect on my environment, I had an effect on all of theirs. I could be the one to change the culture of the group and I took it upon myself to do so. I felt like I had taken the load off the entire cheer team and put it on my back and was trying to support it until it could support itself. And quite frankly, I felt very, very alone in this. Autumn, like she mentioned, was in a completely different mindset at the time. The way it was portrayed to me was she felt like things were happening to her and didn't see that she could be the difference. The other friend kind of had the mindset that it was just the coaches or other teammates out to get us and that's why we would never be good and a cohesive team. So for me, the only people I really had to express these frustrations with that was a third party and weren't affecting this environment was my parents and my boyfriend. I think at that point, that's when I started to spend more time with my boyfriend and valued that more because it was more of a relief to not have cheer be involved in every waking moment of that day. Yeah, and so then right before Thanksgiving break that year on our Monday night practice, during a stunt, one of our teammates completely gave up. Like, as Kel mentioned, like we were all just exhausted, worked to the bone, like we were tired. And so her giving up let the girl that she was holding up fall. And doing this meant that all of this flyer's body weight landed right on Kelani's head. And like, I'm not even kidding, I watched this whole thing happen and in that moment, like I had my own flyer to hold up and that's who Kelani was holding. And so there was literally nothing that could have been done. But I do wanna note that I did keep my stunt up and did not let the girl I was holding fall. No, this girl, like it was literally her feet and then her fell right on the couch. So like she got hit twice. Yeah, that was not a good day at practice. But then the next morning I got kicked out of our stunt, which resulted in me landing on the mat. And then the unexpected flyer next to us doing a back walk over right on my head. And so that day, Kelly and I went to the trainer after school and was checked out to see if we had concussions. And evidently we both did. This meant that for our first competition that season, Kelly and I had to sit out for all practices and for the competition itself, which was hard. It was our senior year. Like we were ready to kick butt and that was hard. It was hard too, because like I still felt like I wanted to be there for my team and I felt so bad that I couldn't be there to compete with them. So I still showed up to the morning practice before the competition and Autumn and I went to the competition and it was so loud and there was just so many bright lights and just things going on. I sat by a garbage can for a good 30, 40 minutes just throwing up because of the concussion and I had these headphones on. Noise canceling headphones. And I'm sitting there holding her ponytail just as people are walking by and she's just throwing up. And I'm just like, yep, this is this is where we're at. But honestly, like during those practices where we were sitting out, I remember Kelly and I sitting there and most times watching our team and seeing how they had to adapt since we were both out. But Kel would watch a stunt and even before they went up, Kelly knew like if the stunt was going to hit or fall. Kelly and I for our senior year, we were always in the same stunt group. Before we would try literally any stunt, Kel started to say things like thoughts become things and if we think this would won't hit, it's not gonna hit. And I never really understood what she meant 
until we sat there and watched our teammates. You could see the difference in the attitudes of the groups that were nailing the stunts versus those that were failing each time since they weren't committing fully. What Kelly had been saying for most of the school year was finally starting to click with me and made me start to have a shift in the way that I thought about things. Not saying this is where a huge major shift was, but this is where I started to see what she was talking about. And then during this time, it was brought to our attention that we had very different outlooks of the way our lives were gonna look like after high school. This time spent sitting out from practice gave Kelly and I time to talk about things other than just boys and cheer and the frustrations of the day. Like it was more apparent that I was more adamant about staying in Utah and going to college. Whereas I honestly thought Kelly was crazy to have goals of traveling everywhere. I was just like, how are you gonna do that? <laughs> For me, that's when it became evident that the friendship wouldn't last much longer after high school ended. Like if we don't have the same idea as to where we're going, then how do we expect to kind of stay in touch there? I wanted to travel everywhere and didn't really care to continue in traditional education. Autumn wanted to stay put and our third friend wanted to go to college somewhere outside of the valley. I knew that if our goals didn't align, which I didn't expect them to, we would eventually go our separate paths. For me, that was something I was okay with, and I think that's thanks to my parents. I was familiar and comfortable with the idea that people come and go throughout your life, and you kind of just have to take each interaction for what it is and be grateful for whatever lessons that could be learned from it. To me, I figured that because Autumn placed such high value on being close and distanced to her loved ones, that we probably wouldn't last as friends. And I was okay with that. And I think that may have been a harder lesson for her to come around to. At first, when Kel would say that she didn't think we would be friends after high school, I was sad, honestly, because like, I think I was more scared of what was to come and having to face it by myself instead of having someone familiar to help me through it all. At this time, I was still reliant on that codependency that I had with our friend group. It wasn't until I was cleared a couple days before Christmas and noticed a change in things because Kelly wasn't there to motivate. I was cleared a month, a month? Yeah. Yeah, I was cleared a month before Kelly was. And so it was hard because she wasn't there to motivate our group. I decided in that time that I was gonna try and motivate. Emphasis on try. I was not as confident as Kel was in this aspect, but that's when I felt myself try to become more independent since I didn't have anyone to fall back on. During Christmas break, I had been contemplating and overthinking a lot about our friend group. We were all spending time apart and wasn't spending much time together outside of cheer practice. I was feeling very alone and unwanted. I got up the courage to text our friend group to see what was going on, which I wanna emphasize how huge this was for me at the time because it was not something I would have ever done. If something was wrong with Autumn or like she had something on her mind, she wouldn't address it. Like you could tell something was wrong, but it was just something that would go unsaid unless someone else brought it up. So and for her to like text the friend group was huge. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think I learned that from the way that I was like, that I grew up because in my family, if you were mad, you didn't tell anybody you were mad. You just waited until they noticed that you were mad. But in this moment, I expressed to both of them that I was feeling very left out and was wondering if there was something that I had done just because like I wanted to know like, okay, like if I'm doing something that's harmful or hurtful, let me know. Like I just, and I, I think that was a huge growth moment from the point of like us sitting there with our concussions and you being like, okay, this is something I can face. I feel confident enough to be like, okay, what can I fix on my end? <laughs> Seriously. And to that, our third friend responded with, just include yourself more. Now, I do want to say that I don't think this friend of ours had any intent of hurting feelings with that comment. I think that it was coming from a place of not really knowing how to help. 
because his friend and I couldn't really relate and weren't feeling this way about the friendship. Again, maybe something that could have been said with more sensitivity. My response from what I remember was just along the lines of, I think that for me, I was still recovering from my concussion and any time I wasn't spending on school or work was spent with my family or my boyfriend. I think that both of our answers weren't really sufficient and didn't really put Autumn at ease. Yeah, after that, I honestly just tried to put the whole thing behind me and embrace the fact that I just needed to include myself and not play the victim. I asked what I could do. They told me I needed to move on. So I felt for the next couple months, things were relatively okay. Our third friend with the semester change wasn't in school as much since she had work release and Kellen and I began getting close again. Kel was cleared from her concussion when we got back from break and a week before, literally a week before our competition. I remember that first <laughs> practice back they were like, okay, were you cleared? And I was like, yes, I was cleared. I'm good to go. And it's like five minutes in. We're doing our warm-up laps around the gym. I do like three laps and there's this door that leads outside. I slam into the door just like running as fast as I can and just straight outside of the door was throwing up because my head was hurting so bad. I was like, well, I already said I'm back in. I'm back in. I am competing this week. That is part two when Autumn held Kelly's ponytail back while she threw up. <laughs> but so we were in the same stunt group. And honestly, like I really embraced taking what I learned from sitting and watching the team and made sure that I applied like that thoughts become things mindset into each practice. We also had a couple classes together and would go to lunch on certain days. So this meant more time spent together and like more time with Kellen and I becoming even more close. So with things back into that good flow with our national trip coming close, we all began planning fun things we were going to do leading up to the trip and once on the trip as a whole friend group. Autumn and I were still attending basketball games at this point, so it gave us an opportunity to hang out with each other and get excited about this trip. We all agreed on hanging out the night before leaving for nationals. Guys, we went and got spray tans. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys might be questioning me with the spray tan. It was so funny. It honestly was not bad. It was. It honestly is what you look like now because you're yeah. tan all the time. Yeah, it's not, but, it wasn't bad. It was just weird to see. Yeah, because it was not something we were used to. But it was fun. I had fun. <laughs> it was fun. But we made plans for all the things we wanted to do while on the trip. When it got to be time for this trip, Autumn and I had sat down in seats on the bus, just kind of randomly, but near each other. And our sophomore friends ended up sitting with us. We saved a spot for this third friend, but when she got on the bus, she just walked past us with no acknowledgement and sat with another group of teammates. Autumn and I thought it was a bit odd initially, but really didn't think much of it. It was just the drive to California. We figured we'd hang out a bit more once we were there. Honestly, what we thought nationals was going to be like was nothing like what it was. We didn't communicate with our third friend the entire trip and she didn't communicate with us. Multiple teammates on various occasions came up to us to try and get the drama of what happened with us, but Kelly and I both responded with, we don't think anything is really wrong. We're just hanging out with other friends. She's just hanging out with other friends because we really weren't sure what happened and definitely did not want to start anything by feeding into those rumors that were already floating around. So we kind of just redirected the attention to the fact that we were there to compete since we didn't want it to ruin our mindset or even the trip itself. It wasn't until our awards ceremony that things started to go down. At this point, competition was at a close and attitudes were absolutely dismal. There were last minute changes that we had to make to our routine before performing, and that resulted in some stunts not hitting and a bad 
performance overall. And when she says last minute, I mean, like, we're warming up five minutes before we're getting on the mat to compete. Like, so, so, so last minute. It threw us all off course. Oh, it was so bad. We walked off the mat feeling defeated and frustrated because no one was taking accountability for the mistakes that were made. It was all just like a, you did this, you did this type of deal. How could you not hit that? How could you have not done that? Kind of a, kind of, that's like the whole attitude going off of that mat. Yeah. We went into our awards ceremony in a very sour mood. While we were waiting to be called up, I was discussing with one of my co-captains what we would wear down to the floor. Now, this doesn't sound like a big deal, but at the time, it was more about the idea of creating a feeling of unity for our team. It was about the culture. Whether we placed well or placed horribly, we placed as a team, and looking unified was part of it. So we settled on what we wanted the team to wear, and that was when my other co-captain decided to speak up. She shared some frustration about feeling left out of the process as well as other things throughout the year. And with the mood I had been in, I reacted instead of processed. I failed to validate how she felt and expressed some of the negative feelings I had with her that were pent up over the year. After doing so, I realized that was not leader-like whatsoever and apologized, but also followed up with advising her to be a part of the process next time, even if it's not something she cared about because sometimes being a leader does involve doing things that you don't care about. Yet another instance where I could have displayed more sensitivity, and this time it came back to bite. As we made our way down to the floor, I ended up standing behind this co-captain and our third friend. They were blatantly talking negatively about me in front of me, and I mean literally standing within a foot of me. I think without realizing that I was standing behind them. They eventually turned around and I asked if they had anything they would like to say to my face. Honestly, I wish that I could have been a fly on the wall at this moment. I was on the opposite end, or I don't even know where I was honestly at this point, I don't remember, but she telling me about this afterwards, I was just like, oh my gosh. Yeah, at that point I was livid and I felt quite honestly betrayed. I was like, I was just shaking with anger because not only had I apologized to this co-captain and everything, but we were walking down and they were saying these things in front of other teammates, in front of the younger impressionable girls. And that just, that is not leader-like to me. And I thought it was a bad example to be setting. So I was very just disappointed and I felt betrayed. They were even talking like blatantly about like, Kelly was the captain of our team. And as a co-captain, she was talking bad in front of everybody about the captain. That was the first ever instance I felt like this friend had not reciprocated the loyalty and friendship that I had shown her. I was very upset, but I tried my very best to move past it as fast as I could because I still had to be there for my team. This was probably the first time I was reconsidering if this was a healthy friendship for me to be a part of. The rest of the trip followed the same theme, no communication, more rumors were being made up about why we weren't all hanging out or talking to each other. Kelly and I continued to respond in that same way though and shut down all of the rumors. Once back at school, practice really wasn't taken as seriously since we didn't have competitions anymore. So we mainly just messed around working on fun stunts for like later performances. But once we were back in that gym, our third friend moved her bag from the spot that she had always set in since sophomore year. And that was the biggest indicator to me that this friendship was fading. After that last interaction at nationals and nothing 
nothing was ever said to me or apologized for by this friend and by this co-captain. So I felt like my walls had come back up quite a bit. I made it clear that my plan at this point, because cheer was basically over, was to start kind of pursuing and thinking about travel after high school. And I really had no intention of staying close to this area that we're living in. Basically saying that if their plan was to stay in the same area, I probably wouldn't see much of them after we graduated. At that point, things were kind of weird. Autumn planned to stay in the valley for who knows how long, and it seemed like the thought of travel scared her. The third friend had plans to attend college down south and didn't plan on staying in the valley either. So we were kind of in this weird spot. We didn't really think any of us would continue to be friends after high school, but we still had school and saw each other every day. So it was just kind of like, okay, what do we do now? <laughs> yeah. But about two weeks after we got back from that nationals trip, COVID happened and school was shut down for the rest of the school year. I was working in assisted living at the time though, that was super close to Kelly's house. And so it was pretty convenient that Every time after I would get off work during that quarantine, I would stop and see Kel. She would just sit on the sidewalk and I would just stay in my car and we would just talk. During COVID, my parents' opinion about like the whole situation and everything going on weighed on me pretty heavily. They were scared, so in return, I was scared. When it was announced that we weren't gonna go back to school at all, I was heartbroken. I remember calling Kel and crying and she literally told me, we don't talk to any of these people, so why does it really matter? <laughs> And honestly, her saying that to me helped my mindset shift into not being upset about the current situation, but to think about all the amazing things that were going to happen now that we aren't like quote unquote stuck in that high school setting. I wanted to interject real quick and tell you guys what my opinion on this time was. Not that it's really relevant to the friendship <laughs> topic. I just want to show you guys how drastically different our perspectives were at this time. So I saw COVID hitting and school being shut down as a blessing. I literally was quite glad it happened. I feel like a lot of people in our class were so obsessed with high school and that time of life, which I guess it isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like it's okay to be involved in what you're doing at that time. I just knew that there was more to my growth and more to me as a person than who I was in high school. So when it had been cut short, I felt like my time had come. I was ready to shine. <laughs> I've mentioned how I viewed myself kind of as a floater in high school, not really making solid connections with a lot of people. So it is true. I didn't really talk to any of the people. I was one of those kids that was so excited to not have a traditional graduation. Autumn, on the other hand, had a lot of developed relationships with those we went to school with and to go without seeing those people was trying on her at first. Yeah, as quarantine went on, like I continued to see Kel, but like that's it. And so I found that I was totally getting sick and tired of living in fear and not doing something with my life. That time spent doing nothing made me realize how much I could be doing, but just wasn't. Kel and I got super close in this time period because we both had broken up with our boyfriends. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> the weekend after I believe they announced that COVID hit, my boyfriend and I were we broke up that was it and then what it was it like, took me a while afterwards because yeah, i was like just in that same after. like i don't even know how to explain it but i kid you not we had gotten so close in this time that kellen and i literally went shopping that day and the entire day talked about how i should break up with my boyfriend <laughs> and then that she night did. i ended up breaking up <laughs> so if the school year would have ended normally we would have had this final cheer showcase to end the year out and introduce the new cheer team for the next upcoming school year. And it was kind of like the seniors goodbye, like 
you kind of get like your cool shine in the spotlight. Like it was a really big deal for the seniors. But since things were shut down, the parents had to make this alternative event for just the seniors and their parents to attend. Since at that time, like you were not allowed to have big groups, groups like big groups. Like I think it was honestly kind of like we were not supposed to be doing that, but did it anyways because I like the parents knew that it meant something for us. Yeah. But I was honestly super anxious to go since this would be the first time we would see our third friend in months. Like the last time we talked to her was February and this was now May. Yeah, it was it was a little daunting. Guys, violence is never the answer. But in this case, I was ready to throw hands. Not necessarily with this third friend, but just in general. Let me just preface why, and you can judge me all based on that. Let's just say you're getting judged right now, Cal. <laughs> <laughs> so the parents voluntarily put on this event for us with their own money and their own time. Because I was a captain, I was involved a bit in the planning process, kind of as the representative of the seniors to the parents. At the same time, one of the new coaches reached out to have me help deliver welcoming gifts to the new team. Traditionally, this is something that all of the senior cheerleaders do together. Now, the day we had this event was the same day I had to go drop off all of these gifts. And keep in mind, there were like 30 to 40 because it was an entirely new team. The coach reached out to a few of us seniors to help, but not all of them. So one of the senior girls texted the seniors group chat and asked why everyone else was excluded from doing this. First of all, that was not even something I wanted to do. It was just something I felt like I had to do because I was the captain. And she was asked by the co the new coach. The new coach. So I was like, okay, I, I feel obligated here. I had to use my own gas to drive all over and drop off these gifts. Again, 35 to 40 different houses to go to. All over the place too. Like it wasn't just like in a couple neighborhoods. Like we were, we were we out for hours. We gas in the morning and then had to fill up again that night. Like, I don't even think we would have made it home if you didn't fill up gas. No. So it was taking, it was also taking time out of the prep I had to do for myself for this event because we had to get all dressed up. And then also the stuff I had to help my mom out with for the event. So having more people would have definitely been easier. It just, it wasn't my decision. So I briefly responded with something along the lines of the new coach just reached out to have us help and I brought Autumn along so we could get it done faster. I didn't know who else was even asked. The senior responded and was just kind of like, okay, no worries. And I thought all was well. And then our third friend responded and said, I was being petty towards this other senior with my response. And there was no reason to attack this teammate. I just sat there looking at my phone like, what the Well, cause at first, Kelly was driving, granted. We were out delivering all this stuff. And I got the notification on my phone first. And I was just like, like my mouth just dropped and I was just like, yeah, so I was like, okay, let me see. So like, I think you even pulled over because I was just like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, so I look at it and I'm sitting there like, what? This is... <laughs> oh, it's so this bad. This is insane. So I took a deep breath and I explained that I was just relaying the information and I was sorry if it came across the wrong way. And she just kept going with it and just was like kind of attacking me for it. So obviously I was mad about that. Also, our third friend's parent was trying to get us to do one last performance together in the middle of this random park where the event was. I understand how it would have been sentimental. It was a nice gesture, but the park was sketchy. 
Like walking up to the place, there were homeless people just sitting everywhere. If we did the performance, we would have had to change out of our nice formal dresses and into our chair uniforms in the middle of a random park. I put it up to a vote between the senior teammates because I was like, okay, it's a sentimental gesture. Maybe some of them want to do that. But most of us agreed that we didn't want to do that. So my mom told the parent group chat that we all agreed on not doing the performance and this girl's mom started being rude to my mom about it and that's when i was just like okay enough is enough we need to get through this night and then we can just go without saying anything to each other ever again now i don't know if this third friend was aware of what was going on between the parents but she also made that direct comment to me in our group chat with all of the seniors in front of our peers calling me petty. I was just ready for all of this to be over so I didn't have to deal with this energy anymore. I was super hangry. We hadn't eaten all day because we were dropping stuff off. So I was just like, let's get this night over with and then we don't have to deal with it. Yeah, Kel was very frustrated going into this event. And like Kel said, we both just wanted to get it over with. Like we were really grateful to the parents and still are grateful that we were able to have that. But seeing all those girls after all that time, it was just kind of ready to be done. But Kelani's mom had made us this canvas that had a picture of all of us seniors on it. And then we could write each other a little goodbye note and keep it as to remember our senior year together. A lot of these girls, like myself included, like we were literally there from sophomore year to senior year together, probably spending more time with each other than any of our families at that point. Like we spent a lot of time together and had grown close together as a team. Yeah. And so writing on it was a cool thought, you know, but signing our third friend's canvas, like I was honestly still really hurt and upset. And I really didn't want to be fake, but I also really didn't even want to write anything on her canvas at all. So I honestly just probably said something along the lines of like, I'm grateful for all the memories we shared and wish you the best in life. Nice, short and sweet and just getting it over with. So I wrote on all of the canvases a few days before the event happened and before all of that drama occurred. When I wrote on this third friend's canvas, I made an inside joke and said that I was grateful we got to spend basketball games together that year. I kept it light and simple because I also didn't want to sound fake, but also I didn't want the other girls to feel like I cared more about this one friend than I did any of them. So in all honesty, I kept all of theirs really just simple, but it was still personable. So that event ended and Kel and I had plans to go to the school parking lot to play street hockey. And this honestly had become a pretty regular thing for us during the shutdown. We would spend nights messing around in the school parking lot, either playing street hockey, playing, like I had a football in the back of my car. We frisbee. drew like frisbee, drew chalk. Roller had, skating. <laughs> oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Yeah. And honestly, we were super excited to play that night because we were meeting some friends and it was a great way to let our anger out because like not only was that event like the stuff that happened that morning and then the event, but also like nobody stayed to help clean up. And so we literally were there hauling things back and forth from this park, like helping the parents clean up because like as Kelly's captain and her mom helping out, like we were there for a long time cleaning up because everybody just left. Yeah, and I didn't eat until after this event happened, so I was starving and hungry, and just, I had some pent-up aggression to let out, and let me just say, when it comes to street hockey, watch out for your <laughs> ankles, because I will break them. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, and honestly, fun fact about Kel, make sure she has food in her. That's, that's, you know, I'm just gonna leave it with that. Okay, <laughs> hey guys, so prepare yourself. This is where starts to go down. <laughs> okay, real quick, want to reiterate the fact that this recollection is not being retold to you guys to start drama. We are past this, we wouldn't be who we are today without having been through this experience. 
We are just explaining our story because this event was a major turning point in mine and Autumn's friendship. Not to say it wasn't hard what we went through, but definitely grateful for the lessons that were learned. So, going on with the story. Autumn and I drove separately to meet at the school parking lot. While driving, we both got a notification in our group chat from this third friend, and we both waited until we got to the school parking lot to open it together. This third friend sent us a video of the canvas that my mom had made and our notes that we left on the canvas and said, glad to know we were such good friends. Now, I didn't really know what she aimed to accomplish by sending this to us. I couldn't tell if she was like trying to be sarcastic or was serious about that. So I didn't respond. Autumn was confused too, so I encouraged her not to respond as well. I kind of just figured that if it were that big of a deal, she'd reach out again. And so she did. Yeah, I was honestly really, we both were just like, uh. It was out of the blue because yeah. like we hadn't spoken in months. We and we didn't, didn't talk at that event. No. Like nothing, no. Nothing and so, was said. So it was just out of the blue, random, completely threw us off guard. Yeah, no. You know, Cal, I'm going to let you explain most of what happened in this next part. <laughs> Due to the fact that she got, like, guys, she stood up for both of us in a way that I never could at this time. And so, you know what, Cal, take it away. So maybe about five minutes later, this third friend texts us a big, long paragraph about how the entire year she felt like we were purposely leaving her out when it came to hanging out. And she said we were spreading rumors to the whole team about what happened at Nationals basically going on and on about how she didn't know what she did to deserve any of this and we had just been really bad friends to her. I sat there staring at my phone just straight up appalled. We were literally just like, uh, the <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> to be fair, and this is me trying to understand where she's coming from and giving her the benefit of the doubt. I guess maybe once we stopped reaching out when she started hanging out with her boyfriend more, it did seem like we were excluding her. In our defense, she didn't ever hang out with us even before she got a boyfriend. Like when we would invite her to things, whether that was just either of us separately or both of us hanging out together. As for the Nationals thing, I think she just assumed that it was us starting rumors because that was the easiest to blame. Like obviously there were rumors floating around and the other party is the easiest to blame there. Yeah, and like we went, it went from a three friendship to a two friendship. So obviously like people are attacking the two because it's from the outside looks like they're excluding the one. Yeah. Anytime someone would ask Autumn or I what was going on at nationals, we would immediately shut it down. And I made a point to do so because I didn't want the coaches having to get involved or have it affect the entire dynamic of the team. Like when stuff like that happens at nationals, everybody's mind space is just so vulnerable that that could change the entire trajectory of how we perform. I was worried about it and didn't want anybody to end up getting involved. All right, that was me trying to see her side. I do feel like Autumn and I did make an effort to be her friend and be loyal to her. Going on with the story, this is when I went off. <laughs> I mentioned how we reached out to hang out with her on multiple occasions, all together and separately, and she would excuse us every single time. I told her that even when things were weird between all of us and there was no communication at nationals, I still considered her a friend and made a point to not tarnish her name. I explained to her that while there may have been rumors, they weren't started by us. I then went on to stand up for myself, which I will say is not common for me, mostly in the sense that a lot of things that people say or do just roll off my back. And I don't, I don't think most of it is worth my time or energy engaging in, so I don't really, to be sure, I don't give Well said. <laughs> but at this point, this was just all built up. So I told her that I didn't appreciate her trying to make digs at me in front of our peers. I didn't appreciate her parent being rude to my mom. 
I told her that I didn't appreciate the way that she tried to influence mine and Autumn's friendship and also how she treated Autumn. I told her I didn't appreciate how she was blatantly talking negatively about me in front of me and did not care to apologize at nationals. And then in a separate text that followed, I also said that none of this really matters at this point. I said that it would be better for all of us if we could just leave this petty high school drama and move on with our lives because who really wants to continue to deal with this? So she said her piece, and then proceeded to agree that this was something we could let blow over. We all ended up on a, a good note. We wished each other the best, and it was basically like, we want you to eat, just not at our table. Yeah, and so keep in mind, while all of this was going down, we were hanging out with these other friends, and obviously, Kel and I were very upset, and they continued to ask us what or who it was about, but we still made it a point to not share what was going on just due to the fact that we didn't think it was necessary to get them involved, and frankly, it was none of their business. Leaving that night, I was super hopeful in knowing that we all had settled our differences and kind of got some closure. Like, it felt like, okay, you know what? Like, we're not friends with her anymore. Let's just move on. Yeah. We even planned on sending each other, like, leftover graduation announcements and, like, hope that all of us got the goals that we wanted. I left that night even more hopeful with all of that in mind, but... Like, I knew that I had Kel in my corner. And we thought all was well until we got a group text from someone related to this third friend. I'm not going to go into a ton of detail as to what this text said. But ultimately, it was a traumatic and threatening text. And it was sent to both Autumn and I. The end of it stated that if we didn't make amends with this friend, there were things that were going to happen. The text also mentioned getting our parents involved. I honestly thought it was kind of funny. And I hate to say that, but I like laughed at this text. I was still nervous because I was like, okay, like what are we going to do? But like, I just immediately texted Kel and was wondering like what the f gonna do. But I honestly was just like, this did not just happen. Like that's why I was laughing. I was just like, what? Like, are you kidding me? Well, I'm glad that you found humor in this all because I was actually quite scared for my freaking life. <laughs> At this point, I didn't have a very close relationship with my parents where, like, to the point where I, I told them everything and communication was completely open. So my parents getting involved meant that some very vulnerable aspects in my life would be revealed. So this text was legit sent at like midnight cause like Kel had a curfew and we've gotten home and then slightly after the text was sent. And my parents had already gone to sleep but I knew that if I didn't talk to them, I would stress about it honestly all night long. So I went up, I went up and woke up my parents and I told them what had happened between us and this third friend and about the text from their relative. And my parents were upset because of the betrayal this showed since this third friend and I were so close and all the stuff that we'd done for their family with their family. But they reassured me that this was all going to be okay and they would take necessary measures if needed. Me, on the other hand, sweating bullets. <laughs> I had no idea as to what I should do. Like I said, I would have to be very vulnerable if I expected to receive any kind of help with my parents. And that could result in being grounded forever, maybe getting my car taken away, maybe even getting kicked out of the house. Nothing like this had ever happened before, so I had no clue as to how they would react. The other option, though, was to try to handle this on my own and having to deal with even worse consequences. And me, being the independent little person I am, <laughs> that's what I wanted to happen. But in all reality, this was an instance where I don't think it could have been handled alone. Good lesson learned. Yeah, lesson learned. <laughs> I spent the entire night crying because of how stressed I was and contemplating what I should do. I did not sleep that entire night. 
I knew that coming forward to my parents and making them aware of the situation meant that I would have a lot of growing up to do afterwards. And I'd have to buck up and just handle it. And that, quite frankly, scared the out of me. I knew that was the adult thing to do. So I kind of came to terms with that by morning. Safe to say, my eyes were quite swollen and I could <laughs> barely see because I was crying so much. Okay, dude, quite swollen <laughs> is a little bit of an understatement. Guys, her eyes were huge. <laughs> she sent me a picture in the morning and I was just like, oh. It looked like I had an allergic reaction. It was so bad. <laughs> I stayed in my room that entire morning. It was a Sunday, so my mom had left to church, and my dad and sister ended up staying home that day. It wasn't until maybe 1 or 2 o'clock my dad came by my room to check on me. I had my face in my sheets so he couldn't see me, and he asked if I was okay. I somehow choked out a no and said that I needed to talk to him but had to wait until mom got home. When my mom got home, they came into the room and started questioning what was going on. My mom's first question was, are you pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> to which I responded, no. And she's like, okay, well that was, that's the worst that could happen. And that kind of broke the tension a little bit and calmed my nerves. I eventually ended up explaining the situation to them and my parents were livid. They were upset that a third party got involved and that this person was threatening us. As for me, they were upset that this was something I went through, but saw it as a learning moment for me to grow from. I felt very comforted and accepted by them after having to tell them about all of this. This whole time, I did not hear one thing from Kel. Like, honestly, like she sent me the picture of her eyes all swollen in the morning and then just radio silence all day long. Like, I legit thought she was dead or something, or they, like, shipped her off to boarding school or something. Like, I really had no idea. And then it wasn't until very late that I heard from her that, like, all was good. And then, honestly, we just, we both had to figure out, like, where, like, where do we go from here? I didn't think it was necessary to apologize to this girl because we had already all said our piece and bid adieus a few hours before that group text was sent. To this day, I don't know if this girl even knows what happened after we all parted ways. My parents advised that neither Autumn nor I initiate any further contact with this relative of that girl. They said if we heard from either of them though to immediately notify so action could be taken to rectify the situation. We did our best to move on and hope that nothing would happen and by that I mean we were watching our backs at all times whenever we would go anywhere. Oh my gosh that was oh that was a hard time but like this all happened a little bit before graduation and that's kind of when Kel and I started into our don't need other friends phase. To be honest, I would say that isn't even our don't need other friends phase. It was more like we couldn't handle making any other friends Yeah, phase. that's a really good way to put it. Like, like the uh, friends that we had in the parking lot that night, we even kind of just isolated ourselves from them because they were mutual friends with this third friend. And we were like, well, we don't want to cause any more drama or be involved in anything. So... We're just gonna kind of like back away and let things blow off on their own. Yeah, we both were really hurt from what happened and like had a really hard time trusting people after this. And for a long time, like we, it was just really hard for us to trust people. But we ended up being able to graduate one after the other, even though our last names are literally nowhere near close to each other. So I to this day am so happy that we did not have that normal graduation quote unquote because it was honestly so much fun to graduate right by my best friend. <laughs> and like in this time of graduation season, everyone was making videos to recap the year and recap high school. And honestly, most were sad and focused mainly on 
all we didn't get to do and things that we missed out on. Except Kelani took a very different approach to her end of high school video. Her video had me crying. Like, I, oh, I love that video. Autumn FaceTimed me in tears after she watched that video. And I was like, oh, um, wow. <laughs> but like, they weren't tears out of sadness. I want to say that. They were not tears out of sadness, but out of happiness. Like, she made everything so hopeful and encouraging. And that video had a huge impact on me and made me know that, like, I wanted and needed Kelly in my life so that she could teach me how she views the world. That video is still on my Instagram, so if you want to go check it out. At, what's your at? <laughs> Kelly Williams. At Kelly Williams. <laughs> that video I made was something I was so excited about. You guys know that I was in heavy pursuit of landscape photography and videography for a long time. And I've always looked up to Indie Blue, and to me, this was my own Indie Blue video. It had a lot of meaning to me because the time period truly made me more aware and grateful for what I went through and what I was going through. Before summer started, Autumn and I both talked about and made amends with the idea that this friendship with the third friend was not something that was benefiting any of us anymore, even this third friend. We were still working through the feelings involved with what all happened, but it was and still is we want her to eat, just not at our table. This was a time that we both realized the value we had in this friendship that we shared. And this started a very interesting summer uh, Kel and I both started full-time jobs to work towards moving out together. So that was like very exciting to be thinking about all that kind of stuff. And But it was that summer was also full of Kelly's super strict curfew. Watching sunsets basically like every night and ice cream runs. Shout out to Handles. We love you. And thus the Coasting 75 playlist was born. If you want to listen to it, go check it out on Kel's Spotify. She's really good at putting together playlists. And I should know because I legit listen to only hers. So shout out to her. But there were nights that we would just sit in silence. And that's kind of when our joint mentality of we have this moment, what are we going to do with it, was born. Summer 2020 was truly our healing period without us even knowing. I think that this is something that is very important to keep in mind when it comes to any kind of relationships and them coming to an end. I don't think we could be at the point we're at today if we hadn't completely cut off contact with what was negatively affecting our environment. I think that plays into romantic and platonic relationships as well. That's how it was with me and my boyfriend and autumn and hers once contact was completely cut off is when you really start to heal like i said earlier this was a time where we also both couldn't really handle forming other friendships we were still healing from this experience and i think if we would have sought after another friend it would have caused us to either project our hurt or even fall into the same pathways as before that to me is another very important lesson that we got from this experience time heals and prepares you for what's to come Care about yourself enough to give yourself the time to recover. We were putting our energy into adapting to full-time jobs as well as making time for our friendship. The Coasting Playlist is a playlist of songs that give you almost a yearning to go live life. I still listen to this playlist. Like when I just need a little like, okay, you I got this. this. Like that's just, oh, it's that's such a good. That's the playlist. Oh. Some of the songs on that playlist include Wonder by Shawn Mendes, Doses and Mimosas by Sherub, and A World Alone by Lord. All phenomenal picks, if you ask me. Definitely go give it a listen. Coasting at 75 miles per hour on Spotify. 
I'll copy it over to Apple Music too. And she'll drop it in, you can drop it in the comments below, right? Yeah. And she'll drop it in the comments below. <laughs> this playlist played a huge part in the forming of the mindset that carried into the next phase of our life. I can't really explain it, but the music moved us to live the life we wanted to live. And that summer was the preparation period for it all. And I feel like music has always been such a big thing, like in our friendship and lives. Like we kind of have relatively the same music style and liking, and we just kind of it go with it. Like with each season of life. Yeah. We, that time was like more the yearning to live. And then we got really into our country girl phase. And then we got and into our <laughs> emo girl. Guys, we listen to emo girl music. <laughs> Not emo girl, but. Emo music. Yeah. I'm not even kidding you. <laughs> but our next phase in our friendship is what we like to call our marriage. <laughs> it sounds silly, and honestly, it really is, and it makes me laugh every time we talk about it. But this is the time when Kelly and I moved out with each other. Guys, moving in with someone's really hard. <laughs> like, you really have to learn to adapt to each other and how they like things, and that's exactly what we had to do. During this time, we both learned a lot about each other. I'm a very anxious person, and Kel had to learn a lot of patience with me in the beginning and I honestly the biggest thing for me was I had to learn boundaries. Kelly and I grew up in very different households. I grew up with everybody all up in your business and completely surrounded by people so it was a major adjustment to me to know that it wasn't that Kel was mad at me or annoyed when like she just needed time for herself when she would just close her door. So this is when she initially brought up the topic that like it's okay to be alone. Kelly has taught me a lot over the years but she's never shoved things in my face at all or even like forced me to get onto the same mindset as her. These are just some things that like she does and I can see why she does it and then I'm like oh I'll take this aspect of that and apply it into my life and it's benefited me literally up until now. <laughs> but like not to say that there's some things nowadays that we still don't see differently on but we don't let our differences affect our friendship rather we continue to grow and learn from each other yeah like autumn said we kind of just like pick and choose what we like out of each other's own systems and programming and apply it to our own lives and that helps us compromise more and i think see eye to eye a bit more not to say we aren't very much like we are very alike, but there are some differences, okay? Yes, it is good. <laughs> there was definitely a lot learned during this time. We moved out at the end of November 2020 into a duplex, and we basically had the top floor to ourselves. You don't realize how different you are from another person until you move in with them. I didn't realize how quiet my family's house was until I moved out. The Autumn family has carpet throughout the entire house, so that muffles footsteps. Our duplex did not. So adjusting to things like noise levels, that seems like something that shouldn't bother someone, but that was a huge adjustment for me. I've always been a pretty light sleeper, and this was definitely something that was hard for me to adjust to when we first moved out, because like it was a matter of me being able to sleep at night. It came down to the fact like, okay, is this something that like, I can easily get over, or is this something that needs to be addressed? And this is kind of where boundaries were introduced. And don't worry, guys. I learned how to walk quietly. She does so amazingly at it. Now. Yes. I'm very good at it. Practice really hard. <laughs> it sounds so silly to say, but this time period taught me how important it is to not only understand your own boundaries, but also how to effectively communicate them. This time also really taught me how to compromise. Sometimes there were things that Autumn would do that I would have to ask myself, is this something that I really need to address? 
or is this something that I can just learn to accommodate? These are big reasons why we call this period the marriage. The lessons we learned are, I think, a lot of the things that people have to come to learn after being married, so it's, it's fitting. The one thing that Kel and I really compromised on was cooking and cleaning. I like to keep a very clean house, and sometimes it's a little bit much, and I... I'm recognizing that and I'm working on it. And honestly, Kelani does not like to clean. Um, For me, like growing up, that was something we did like as a chore and like punishment. There was, it was never cleaning to enjoy a clean house. Mine was very much so like cleaning to enjoy a clean house. So when we moved out, I would do most of the cleaning. Whereas like Kelani would take charge of the cooking. Not to say that like I didn't do some of the cooking and Kel didn't do clean. Like we would still 50-50, 60-40, like just depending on what we needed, but we compromised in a way that like I knew that she didn't like to do it. And cooking to me was kind of a chore just because like with family, like every single dinner, you, ha you had to be in the kitchen helping. And so for me, it was kind of a nice break to not have to do that. Yeah, and I liked it because it was like every new week would be like, okay, what meal do you want <laughs> for meal prep this week? And I got to find the new recipes and I got, we got to go grocery shopping together. And mm -hmm. then it was like, okay, I got to put all this together. Mm -hmm. And if we like it, awesome. If not, we get to eat it for the rest of the week and then never make it again. Yeah. <laughs> Another huge lesson that we learned at this time was love languages. There was a point where we had started setting boundaries and then it kind of felt like what I was saying to Autumn was not really getting through to her, whether it was good or bad. This is when I became super interested in love languages and began to observe and understand how she communicated. Autumn and I have very, very different love languages. So at this time, my top love languages were physical touch and words of affirmation. Mine were gifts and quality time. Literally, like we could be more opposite because my lowest was gifts and Kelani's lowest was physical touch. <laughs> physical touch was something that was portrayed as intimate and something that was only shared with people you were really close to. My family, we don't hug or anything when we <laughs> say hello or goodbye, or we didn't at that point. So to begin to recognize that this was Autumn's highest love language and this was where I was falling short, was a very hard realization for me because it was like, okay, time to buckle in because I, <laughs> I'm i gonna have to buck up and get over myself and deal with it. <laughs> Whereas physical touch for me is very common. I would hug each of my family members when I got to places and again, when I would leave. So it was something that I was just very accustomed to because it's something I did literally all the time. If you went to one of my family parties growing up on my mom's side, you would get your birthday presents and then after you were done like opening all the gifts, you would go around to each family member and give each family member a hug. This was one of those instances where I really had to just put myself aside and try to accommodate because otherwise she wouldn't understand like my, my appreciation for her. I started to see how anytime she would visit her parents, everyone would always greet each other with a hug and always part ways with a hug. And they would always do that to me and I always felt so uncomfortable. <laughs> but after like realizing that this was something that they just did and was normal for them, I began to understand it and slowly incorporate it into our own friendship. Honestly, this was so weird for me at first. Kate, imagine going from never hugging someone, literally never, to them trying to like give you hugs. Like it was awkward for me. Like at that time I did appreciate her willingness to try because like she knew that it meant something to me. 
And it was nice because, like, we were able to communicate. To, and I was, I let her off the hook. I was like, okay, you don't have to hug me all the time. <laughs> and I think she, you're pretty happy about yeah, that. I'm so relieved. <laughs> yeah, but, like, things are different now. Like, we both hug when we haven't seen each other in a long time. Or, like, after a gift is exchanged, like, it's very natural. And just to the fact that, like, we both appreciate it. And, yeah, it, we both appreciate it. I feel like I incorporate it more with my family like when I come and go from trips we exchange hugs more freely with each other and it's not as uncomfortable. Another thing I recognized was that Autumn was frequent in giving praise to others. Whether I was talking about how I handled something at work or hit a new PR at the gym she would always express her praise. It quickly became evident to me that words of affirmation was how she communicated so I started incorporating that more as well. When she would rant about work or talk about family things, I would do my best to make a point to acknowledge her victories and support her in that. It was crazy because once I started doing these things, the change was drastic. She was more responsive to me and more aware of my boundaries and my love languages, and we were able to effectively communicate our appreciation and our problems. End of December and January proved to be a trying time. I began to fall into a monotonous routine at work, was becoming overly obsessive with my diet, and I felt like I wasn't really making much progress while working out. This time was hard for me because I was also working full-time, but would come home and never see Kel, and things were getting kind of weird. We had gone from going to the gym when I would get home, then eating dinner and maybe watching a movie or something, to Kel heading to the gym before I got home, and weekends there was much more time spent apart than together. This is really when I kind of started to adapt to being more okay with being alone with myself, but there would be some times where I legit would not see Kel for a couple days straight, and it was honestly making me nervous because I'm just like, okay, how do I help her in this instance? And so that's when I started to notice that Kel was noticing my love languages. And like, I started to want to better learn hers and try and figure out how best to show my appreciation for her in return. Growing up, I hated receiving gifts. It was something that always made me feel uncomfortable and guilty, but this was Kel's top love language. So I wanted to better understand that. And with Christmas coming soon, I knew that I wanted to not just get Kel a gift, but to put a lot of thought into something that she would really deeply appreciate. I wasn't intentionally isolating myself at this time. I felt like I had no energy to give to anything else after work and working out. It was a rough time mentally. I wanted to take a step forward and pursue travel. I just didn't really know where to start and still didn't feel like Autumn was completely on board with traveling, especially since we had full-time jobs and she had school as well. So I knew that Kel was having a hard time mentally and knowing that she previously struggled, I wanted to get her something for Christmas that I knew could help her through like the rough cold winter months in a way that I knew that I couldn't. So for that year for Christmas, I got Kel this UV light that kind of mimics the sun's rays and supports mental health. My sister had gotten one for herself because she struggled with the same thing. When she told me this, I was like, you know what? Like Kel could use this and this could help her. Like I said, like in a way that I couldn't. This to this day is one of my favorite gifts I have ever received. I still use it. Like Autumn said, the light is supposed to mimic the sun. So in the winter months when I'm not getting enough sunlight, I just sit in front of that either while I'm getting ready or at night before bed. And I'd say that makes a huge difference in my overall mood. This was something that was so meaningful to me because I felt like it was the first time someone really understood what it means to have gifts as their top love language. It's not about the money spent or the brand name. This was something that Autumn knew I needed and would benefit from 
and was excited to give it to me. It was so thoughtful and I, to this day, am so appreciative of that gesture. Um, after giving that gift, it showed me Honestly, the like gift giving is not about the gifts. It's just the thought that counts. And it made it a lot easier for me to be able to see where Kel is coming from for when she said she likes receiving gifts or when she would like to give a gift. And like now I know that it's not like the huge gifts that really matter. It's honestly the day-to-day -day stuff like getting her something because I thought about her when I saw it or like getting her a coffee because I was getting one. It made it a lot easier for me to not feel so guilty when receiving and to also show my appreciation for Kel in a way she could understand. Kelani's other top love language was quality time, and this was when we started our tradition of weekly family dinners. Shout out to Beatups and the Puente. As of now, like, I feel that my love language has shifted because, like, my top love language is definitely not physical touch anymore. It's more words of affirmation and then quality time and then physical touch. Like, I feel like we've adapted to each other to the point where, like, I see how quality time with someone is way more important. And I feel like for me, like physical touch is not at the bottom of my list and it's not something that's just forbidden. Family dinner is probably one of my favorite, one of my favorite traditions that we have. Still do it. Still do it to this day. But it's basically a designated time where we pick out a day during the week to sit down together and just debrief. It's a time that isn't spent on our phones, just fully invested in our conversation and each other's company. This meant a lot because even though we had similar schedules, sometimes it felt like we had a lot going on. So for us to both make an effort to go out of our way and set time aside to hang out with each other without distractions was just super meaningful to me. Even with us living together and seeing each other a lot of the time, it was perfect to just give each other our undivided attention so that we both felt more appreciated throughout the week when we didn't have as much time to spend together. So even with Autumn getting me that light, it was still pretty hard to fish me out of the headspace I had gotten myself into. And all of that, I feel like pretty much changed with this one phone call. A friend from childhood mentioned that she was getting a group together to go to Hawaii over spring break. And even the thought of something made me excited but nervous. And I in turn mentioned this trip to Kel and that's when I remember a huge shift in the mindset for the both of us. <laughs> that night, Autumn gets off the phone with her friend and she had been on the phone for like an hour and a half and I could just hear her like laughing in her room. She runs into my room after getting off of this call and is like, hey, so they're talking about going to Hawaii. And I was like, when? And she's like, they don't really know. Probably spring break. And I was like, well, do they have anything booked? And she's like, no. And I was like, okay, let's get on it. <laughs> so Kel, I think like in the span of 24 hours, came up with how much we would probably need to spend and put us both on a budget and within the next week our flights were booked yeah that we were quick to act yeah that phone call from autumn's friend completely flipped a switch in me i went from not knowing what my next step was to devising an entire plan on how to make this trip happen as soon as possible i wanted to go to hawaii that december but also wanted to take the time to settle into the apartment before taking a trip, so it didn't happen then. I had the perfect opportunity when these friends called and I took it and ran. Like, Kel didn't even know these friends. Like, I'd mentioned this childhood friend a couple times, maybe seen her we, like once. I met them briefly on a weekend trip to St. George. 
yeah. that October before we moved out. But, it, like, I wasn't close with them or anything. No, and I was close with, like, her friend as well because we had grown up together in Logan. So, like, Kel literally did not know anybody but me on this no, trip, basically. I was, I was ready to go. It, it's funny because on the call, the girls were mentioning Hawaii kind of as a joke. Yeah, I like, I don't know saying. if they were very adamant about where, but... No. and... I don't think they really planned on going to Hawaii, but I told on. I was like, why not? Once I put together a plan and budgeted the entire thing out, I think that's when they saw how possible it would be. Because at the time we were all moved out and going, like us through going to college, Kel was working. And so like, it was kind of like, oh, like, are we actually going to make it work? Yeah. But then like, as soon as that budgeting, I was like, oh, this is easy. This is easy. It was crazy. Like that whole experience was so enlightening for me because not only were Kel and I still able to pay for one for rent and like everything else we were doing, like we got the entire trip saved up for within a month and a half. Honestly, not just by like not eating out for our weekly family dinners and being strict about making our plasma appointments. Shout out to plasma. But this was a huge shift in my mindset that the idea of travel doesn't have to be so scary and you don't have to be a billionaire or a millionaire or thousandaire, whatever, to travel. Like, little old Autumn could travel. And because, like, that was hard for me to accept because I never really traveled as a kid. And so it was very nerve-wracking for me because I thought, like, oh, like, you have to be rich to travel. It like, was it a wasn't... a completely new experience. Yeah. For me, this experience was motivating. All throughout junior high and high school, I wanted to travel, and I was finally at the point of doing that. It literally, it made me so excited. Leading up to this trip, things at work were basically awful. I had put myself out there on numerous occasions for different positions they were offering because the job I was in was just entry level. For whatever reason, the boss and I were resistant to each other, and he was resistant to my requests. So I felt pretty stagnant while being at work. I was ready to put in my two weeks before that trip, but decided that I should probably find a job before quitting. So I planned to put my time in when I got back from the trip. So the friends that we were going with lived in St. George and were going to Dixie at the time. So Kelly and I planned to drive to St. George stay the night and then we would all catch the flight to Hawaii from Vegas. It honestly worked out. It was a it good was, plan. And it was cheaper. And it was a lot cheaper. And so that was more time, more money that we could spend in a different spot versus like flying out from Salt Lake. So the night before Kelly and I were supposed to drive to St. George, <laughs> on my way home from my parents' house, I was hit head on by a man driving under the influence. This being my first ever accident I'd ever been in, I was immediately in shock and I started to panic. This was terrifying for me. Everybody surrounding you, like nobody talks about when the airbags go off, how horrible the smell is. Like I just felt like I couldn't breathe and there was just people everywhere asking if I was okay. And honestly, like, I'm very grateful to the lady that was behind me because, as I said, physical touch was very important to me at that time. Tears were streaming down my face. I didn't feel like myself. Like, it was just crazy, anxious, whatever. And the lady just asked me, she's like, are you okay? And I just, like, was like, no, just bawling. And she was just like, like, do you need a hug? And I was like, yes. <laughs> like, it was just so nice. But luckily, I wasn't hurt too badly. And trust me, from the looks of my car, I was grateful that I made it out of the accident being able to even walk. When my parents arrived at the scene, the first thing I told my mom is that I needed to call Kelly. I was so scared that I had just ruined the chance for us to go on our trip. Like, we just worked so hard. And then in a matter of minutes, it was just, I felt it was ruined. I remember I left my parents' house to finish packing for the trip. And Autumn was supposed to leave not long after I did. We both had gone to Plasma and then to our parents' house after work. Just to pick up last minute things for the trip, I think. Yeah. 
So I got home before Autumn, and I got the text from Autumn's mom saying that she was in an accident and would let me know when she heard more. Which, that was not what I told my mom to say. I just literally said, Mom, tell her I'm okay and that I'll be home soon. And <laughs> my mom did not say anything like that. So I sat there, and I was like, do I keep packing or not? I was so worried that Autumn was paralyzed or something. So I was running around the house still packing our bags just in case all while being like super anxious that Autumn was gonna come home and like <laughs> brace or something and not be able to move for weeks. Oh, and then of course, oh my gosh, the only response she got from me for a couple hours, like I was there for a while, was a picture of me in a neck brace lying in a hospital bed. <laughs> yeah, I thought there was definitely no chance of us going on that trip. Uh -huh. Thankfully though, I was clear to be able to go. I just had to super take it easy and I was on these like muscle relaxers and just had to not jump off of anything which was hard like no one cliff jumping and i had to sit there and hold the phones but it was okay <laughs> but so i stopped by our apartment briefly to grab clothes because my parents were very adamant that i stay at their house that night and i came home to the sweetest plant from kel and so guys i'm a plant lady i love plants and so this was just really meaningful to me and her showing her love language to me and a note. And in that note, she said that there was a whole new meaning to drive safe. And I think to this day, we have never parted ways without saying those two words to each other. And I think that's why we resonate so strongly with the Lonely Ghost brand and their whole saying, text me when you get home. Because after that instance, it kind of was just like, it was another reminder that we only have this moment. So from there, the plan was for me to go to work the next morning. When I got home, Around like four or five, I would pack the car and pick up Autumn so we could drive down to St. George because she had to lay in the car and try to sleep because of all the muscle relaxers she was on. <laughs> you guys, Kel is such a good friend. Like she legit finished packing for me for one because I had planned to finish it that night, but obviously I couldn't. Guys, get you a friend who packs for you. Like even to this day, Kelani pretty much packs for me every trip we go on. Not all the time, but like- but even if I'm not physically packing her suitcase, it's like, okay, what do I wear? Exactly. Like, <laughs> she's so good. And yeah, I was on those muscle relaxers. And like, it was like, I would go, oh my gosh. That car ride was terrifying for me because I would go in and out of, like, I felt consciousness. Like, obviously I was still like conscious, but like, I would wake up just in a panic and like, jerk my neck and it would hurt and Kel would just be like it's okay like you're fine I'm like and like calm me down because then I'd be fine and then I'd drift off again and then same thing over and over again let's just Kel you're a really good friend <laughs> but like so I knew that it was not this kind of situation that we wanted to be going into this trip so I even like tried to help by lifting my suitcase into the car and ended up breaking the handle so I couldn't roll it anymore <laughs> which resulted in Kel having to legit carry my head suitcase everywhere and I mean like carry it like you couldn't like, even roll it no handles no handles it was, like just Ugh. this oblong suitcase that I was carrying in my arms along with dragging my own suitcase no I, I took your suitcase didn't I? oh no but we had two suitcases <laughs> we overpacked for that trip but like she was awesome and another shout out to Kel because like I physically couldn't lift anything so she was a trooper. It's okay. She holds back my hair while I throw up. I carry her broken suitcases when oh she gosh. has a neck brace on. <laughs> but honestly, like, that trip was fun, but definitely needs to be redone, mainly due to the fact that it rained the entire time we were there. And I'm not just talking, like, raining. I mean, like, flash flood warning every five minutes, hydroplaning, 
a dam broke on the island. Like, there was so much rain. It was insane. And it was just unexpected to all of us. The trip could have certainly been better, but I appreciated the experience nonetheless. And if it actually weren't for all of that rain, then I wouldn't have met my now co-workers. And that is a whole long story for another time. So... Keep an eye out for that episode. Coming back from the trip, our mindset had completely shifted. I think it's safe to say that we both felt very refreshed and just completely open to new opportunities. I put in my two weeks with my job and switched over to working with the guys that I met from Maui. I was working from home and that was kind of an adjustment for both of us. I think for me, it was understanding that Autumn was still going into work and doing physical labor and dealing with an injury at this time, whereas mine was more mental labor. I think something that came across as hard for Autumn was the fact that even though I was at home, I was still busy and was working. And honestly, I'm glad I learned this next thing pretty quickly because it was hard like at first to adjust to Kel's new work schedule. A little insight to Kelani's work schedule. Kelani's always working. Like like when she's on her phone, she's working. So it was a huge adjustment at first. I think now we have a good understanding of it. For me to get work done, I need to be in a complete work environment. Even when it comes to school, like I have to be solely focused on that one thing. But Kel can work from anywhere. And that's what she does with her job. Like she's just working and doing all that kind of stuff. So now, even when we're with each other, if she has something that needs to be done for work, she communicates to me that she needs to get something done. And I just know I either need to entertain myself for a bit, but sometimes though, it's not that easy. <laughs> I constantly have thoughts running through my mind. And sometimes I just need to say what I'm thinking to be able to move on from that thought. So when Kel's in work mode, sometimes I just like interject just a bit, say my piece, get a short response and then we're like we both have an understanding about each other's situations if I get it out of my head I'm done and then she can continue working yeah. she's just like I just have to acknowledge the thought and we can move on yeah and then we both aren't frustrated with each other because I'm not frustrated that she's not giving me time when we're spending time together and she's also not frustrated that I just need to interject like just give me two seconds <laughs> so that adjustment was about from April to June. Beginning of June, I left to Tampa, Florida for work and that left Autumn back at home in the apartment. I was very excited for this step. I felt like this was really where my life was starting and just the beginning of my travel experiences. So I had no other feelings other than excitement. For me though, this time was hard. I was very torn because I was very excited for Kel to be pursuing her dreams. But the thought of her leaving, I felt very left behind. Not so much in the sense of physically leaving me behind, but me like feeling left behind just in life in general. Like it was hard at first to come home to an empty apartment, but I like, I was honestly happy to hear from Kel and all the fun stuff she was doing. But, like this started us, us transforming our friendship into more of a long distance friendship. For one, the long distance was hard for me because of the codependence adjustment. While Autumn is one of the few that I feel like I can be completely transparent with, I've been very cautious with being so dependent on the friendship. I mean, that's how I am in all of my friendships or relationships. I think dependence is where people get complacent and where fights and miscommunication happens. So when I first moved out to Tampa, it was hard because Autumn would call and text me about everything as if we were still living together, which I could understand because we just went from spending all of our time together to not seeing each other for almost a month 
ahead of time. But for me, I was distracted a bit with the excitement of this new opportunity, so I didn't find myself calling or texting as much. It took a little bit of navigating because I'm also not one to really call or text, even with my family. So eventually Autumn and I agreed on making time for at least one weekly FaceTime almost like our family dinners, but long distance. I think that this taught me a lot of patience and having to learn how to acknowledge and express words of affirmation from afar. But I think in return, it also taught Autumn how to distinguish between priorities, as in what was urgent and something we needed to discuss as soon as possible and what was something that could wait until later. Her being gone was definitely hard. For me, I was feeling stagnant since Kelly was out working with his people and like we had just barely gotten out of our not being able to handle making new friends. Like I had to learn to make friends again. Like I hadn't, it was like a year that I didn't, like it was just Kel and I. And it was hard. Um, I'm more of the type of person that I'm super shy until you get to know me. So you guys get to, get to know me a lot more without knowing me. <laughs> but those weekly FaceTimes have played a key role in our friendship even today when Kel leaves on trips or whether either one of us are gone, like we still make that time for each other. Kel had been in Florida for about three weeks and was set to come home. And I invited Kel to Lagoon with my family for the day when she was in town. And that day at Lagoon was not only fun, but changed the course of the end of the year for me. My cousin who lives in Hawaii had joked that I should come live with her for a semester. And immediately my mind turned to those fears and to all the ways that it couldn't work. Like I had a job that depended on me and I had school and yada, yada, yada. And it wasn't until I came home and really thought about it and was like, wait, no, like I could do this. Like, why am I talking myself out of it? So there began the preparation for me to move to Hawaii with my family in the fall. I was in town for most of July and I remember that day at Lagoon. Autumn's cousin kept mentioning Hawaii to Autumn and I just kept thinking like, this is such an amazing opportunity for Autumn to seize and it confused me why she would be so hesitant to take it. I remembered that school and her job were a big priority to her and understood a little bit better where she was coming from. Before we left to Tampa, we discussed it and came to the conclusion that it's ultimately just an experience and who knows when she'll get another opportunity. So I think that kind of helped settle things. We left at the end of July for Tampa and Autumn came with me on that trip because we wanted to celebrate my birthday with my coworkers in Florida. Let me just say that was probably Probably our least favorite trip we have ever been on. You guys, I hate talking about this. Yeah, it was a rough time. We had everything booked a few weeks out and a few days before the trip even started, our car rental canceled on us. And up the price so much to be able to get another one. Yeah, so we were having troubles finding a replacement. We ended up getting it figured out. We took a red-eye flight in hopes that we could just sleep on the plane and celebrate the entire weekend. Well, the plane we were on was absolutely freezing and even I had pants and a jacket on. I had shorts and a short sleeve shirt on. I was, I was so mad. I was so Yeah, it was like fuming. Unusually cold. We were basically so cold we couldn't sleep on this flight. And I had taken two melatonins that and it night. It was like a long flight too. Like I think it's what, five and a half, six hours yeah. to Atlanta. Also, when loading my luggage into the overhead bin, I skimmed my knuckle like literally down to the bone while putting it up there. So it was bleeding and it hurt really bad. And she now has a scar. I do have a scar on my ring finger. So that's an issue. 
Payments for Photoshop. Yep. <laughs> we arrived in Atlanta around 5 a.m. We departed from the layover at 7 a.m. I had some work I had to get done since I couldn't do it while on the flight. So I told Autumn she should try and sleep while I got my work done. I got it all done and let her sleep a bit longer. I went to the bathroom and when I got back, she was up. At this point, it was like 6.50 and they were going to start boarding soon. So Autumn said that she was going to use the bathroom and I told her while she was doing that, I was just going to rest my eyes and I asked her to wake me up when they started boarding. Next thing I know, I wake up and our gate is completely empty besides the people at the desk. I am looking around trying to figure out if we just had like a super empty flight and see what time it was. I had just woken up. I turned and saw Autumn passed out beside me on the chairs. And I was like, are you kidding me? So I wake her up and I find my phone to look at the time and it was 7.35. The door to the aircraft was shut. I turned to Autumn and I was like, well, Looks like you're figuring this out. I've never really been mad with Autumn besides that one point. I'm glad you can laugh about this now. Delta thankfully was able to get us on the next flight in four hours and that meant it was going to make us late to pick up our rental car and get settled into the apartment that I had with my coworkers. So I wasn't sure if it was going to even be unlocked. Autumn and I did not talk for the next four hours while waiting for the next flight. I think she knew that I just needed some time to cool down a bit before anything was said to me. I cannot tell you guys how much I hate talking about this. Honestly, <laughs> you had every right to get mad at me like, and be upset with me. I'm, I was mad at myself. Like, I just remember I came back from the bathroom and was still so groggy from sleeping. Like we said, we took melatonin and that stuff makes me so groggy. To this day, I really don't take it because of that. I knew I needed to stay awake because I was like, oh, like she let me sleep. I'm going to let her sleep. So like I just stayed sitting up and initially like I just fell right back asleep. And this experience haunts me to this day. Whenever we go on trips together, even just flying on my own, I refuse to fall asleep in airports because I fear so much that I will miss a flight. That's okay though, shout out Delta, they covered the flight. Yeah. No, no harm done, it's okay. And friendship <laughs> did not end over this, so yeah. that was good too. Let's just say, I never want Kelly to be mad at me. <laughs> that was scary. <laughs> Okay, I was silent that entire time. Exactly. <laughs> the rest of the trip was rough for me, at least as well. Something to know about me is that I don't really enjoy mixing different social groups. For instance, friends and family, or family and romantic relationships, or friends and romantic relationships. I just have never really had a good experience in doing so, and I like the fact that within each relationship, I can have a completely different dynamic to engage in. I guess I didn't really take into consideration how much the dynamic with my coworkers had changed since Autumn and I met them in Maui. Safe to say, I was kind of just uncomfortable the entire trip. I thought that this was a boundary that I was okay to be lenient with at that point, and that trip proved it wrong. I still have a hard time wanting to mix different relationships together in my life, and I think that it's perfectly fine for me to enjoy them separately. At that point though, I did have a hard time expressing it to Autumn. I felt bad because she had met my coworkers at the same time I did, but since then, obviously my relationship with my coworkers grew more. I didn't want it to seem like I was trying to exclude her because of past 
experiences, especially from that aspect of my life, but I also didn't want to be the one to put myself into uncomfortable situations. I will say this is a boundary that has taken a long time for me to learn how to communicate and set. And even to this day, sometimes I have to reiterate and remind that I need this boundary to remain in place. Autumn left that Sunday and I stayed in Florida for about another three weeks. So just like Kel said, this trip was definitely not our favorite. And after I landed, Kel found out that the mattress that she slept on had bed bugs. And I'm so grateful that mine did not. Dude, I, guys, I kid you not. So I woke up one morning with a few bug bites and I went to the store that day to go get hydrocortisone to relieve the itchiness. And then the next day I wake up and my entire back is covered in bug bites. The back of my legs are covered in bug bites. Like they were everywhere. And I was like, what is going on? (laughs) Come to find out there were bed bugs. So shout out summer sales. Honestly, I'm so grateful that I did not sleep on that mattress. (laughs) So the night that I flew in from Florida, within an hour of me landing, my grandpa had passed away. This was the second close grandparent that I'd lost while being friends with Kel, but this time I felt I was very, I was able to confide in Kel, even with her being out of state, and she was there for me as much as she could just because of the, the time difference and the fact that she's working, like life is still going on, but I honestly felt like this was a huge stepping stone for my own like independence. Like the rest of the summer, I started getting closer with some previous acquaintances from high school and I continued to go country dancing by myself until like Kel got home at the end of the summer. This helped me opened up to the fact that meeting new people and gaining new friendships is a totally healthy and obtainable task. I think it, yeah, it definitely changed the perspective from what we had dealt with before. And now it's time to talk about the divorce. The great divorce of 2021. We call it the divorce and we treated it like one because when we were moving out, which we'll get to in a second, but when we were moving out, Autumn and I claimed certain (laughs) pieces of furniture and pieces of clothing that we had. Okay, because while living out with each other, Kel had literally the teeniest, tiniest closet in her room and mine was just like... It was huge. huge. And so like, we shared closets and yeah. therefore clothes. And it was just called our closet. So, so the great divorce. We, we picked... had to choose sides for things. Yeah. Going back to like us moving out, Autumn wasn't quite sure when she would leave for Hawaii, but August had come along and we both kind of just started feeling like it was time for us to put in our 30 day notice. I had a hard time with one of the roommates. Actually, everyone in the house had a hard time with her. And I didn't want to be in that situation alone. So I decided to move back to my parents' house for the time being especially because it seemed like even after summer I would be traveling all over the place so while I was gone in Tampa bless Autumn's soul Autumn was so (laughs) helpful and helped me sell my room and I wasn't quite sure when I was going to get back but I knew it had to be by the end of the month like I had no flight booked at all or anything. Around mid-August, my co-workers had to up and move to Georgia in a matter of two days. They were literally told on a Friday and moved on a Sunday. And when they were told, they were told that they wouldn't have an apartment complex like we did in Tampa. They were moving into hotels. So it's like, I'm not staying around for that if I don't have to. <laughs> so on Friday, I booked my flight and Saturday I left. I came home and went straight into packing and then within a week I moved back to my parents house. Yeah, no, that time was literally like telling me like one day 
I don't know when I'll be back unpacking and all that kind of stuff to hey I'll be on a flight tomorrow and I'm like what okay like I (laughs) guess I'll see you tomorrow like it was so weird so within two weeks of Kelly moving out I also moved back into my parents house until like I would leave for Hawaii and I left for Hawaii in the beginning of September and was there for about four months I invited Kelly to stay for whatever she could make work with like her work schedule and travel schedule I just knew that like at this moment Kelly's dreams and goals were to travel so I was like why not extend the invitation and like my cousin was totally on board for it which I am so grateful for like just the fact that Autumn extended that to me and her family was so willing to just accommodate me and like okay you can come and leave whenever you need like we've we have this place here for you guys you're more than welcome to be here I loved living in Hawaii and feel like this was very eye-opening to me in a lot of ways I got the courage to do things for myself that were really hard Cal came and stayed for about a month and my cousin who I lived with had her house and then attached to it was this studio apartment that Kelly and I shared. So we had this whole space for ourselves but still we're hanging out with them and being with them a lot and this was another shift where we had gotten used to each other but this was like us sharing a room with each other and by the end of it I feel like we got the hang of it but like it wasn't just the fact of like sharing a house like we were literally sharing the same bed. Yeah, like, I had my side of my <laughs> of the bed, Autumn had hers, and then, like, when it came to workspace, I had the desk, Autumn would work on the bed. We, we, we had it very work, easily adjusted. It took, a, like, a day. Yeah. But after, like, because we were able to communicate with each other, like, hey, it's work time. Like, because I even remember sometimes it's like, hey, like, your work calls are affecting me being able to focus. Like, yeah. let's figure something out. In this time, Kel obviously got super close with my cousins and her kids. I miss them so much. <laughs> my cousin and her family are absolutely amazing. And we we miss you guys a lot. I, ho- I know she's going to be listening. <laughs> but we miss them so much. And are honestly so homesick for Hawaii. Seriously. This was such a cool experience for me because it showed me the drastic difference in families Autumn and I have. Autumn loves to share her people and mix those relationships. And as we've gone over, I am not that way. I've not grown up that way. I got to know her cousins and their kids pretty well and they have become family to me also. This has really shown me that you don't have to be blood to be family. At this time, We also island hopped a couple of times over to Oahu. Both times were spent doing pretty spontaneous things and we got more used to being okay with sometimes not having any kind of plan. Fully embracing the island life. Oh, we got into this great routine while sharing that studio apartment like we mentioned before. I would be up first. Guys, I'm not a morning person at all. I don't like getting up in the morning. But in Hawaii, autumn was. Yeah, I would get up in the morning first, head to their like gym that they had in their garage and get a workout in and by the time Kel by like the time I was done Kel would be up and so I would shower and then she would go work out. We found that on a long-term basis that Kel and I from the time that we were working out together in our apartment we like to work out separately and only on occasion we'll lift weights with each other. So then after my shower I would start to work on my homework that I had. So because like while living in Hawaii I still did online school, so I could at least, like, stay a little bit productive in the timeline that I have. Yeah. Not just, like, the cool experience of going to Hawaii. When I would get homework done, then Kel would get some work done, and we figured out what each other needed to get done that day before we would make fun plans. 
Which, honestly, like, more oftentimes than not, it would include, like, either going to the beach or heading to our favorite store in town. We love Eugene's Warehouse. <laughs> but, like, this time was great for both of us to learn patience with each other and needing to get stuff done. Sometimes I would take longer on an assignment and Kel would have to sit around waiting for me or Kel would have a work call that I would have to be quiet for or sign, find something outside of the studio for. So like this was also the birth of what Kel and I like to call executive decision. Let me explain. Say I ask Kel where she wants to go to eat. If she has a preference, then she would say it or she could say executive decision. And to that means that I have to make the decision. Emphasis on the have to. We are both pretty chill people. And so we have found that oftentimes it would be hard for either of us to make an actual decision because we really don't care. When one says executive decision, it means that they forfeit the freedom to decide and the other person has to make the decision. When you say executive decision, it means that you literally could care less either way and have no preference. It has really helped us sort between saying we don't care out of habit and us saying we don't care because we actually don't care. We've learned how to be more decisive also by using this rule. This time in Hawaii was amazing. Like at that point, the island life was perfect, but also like super motivating. My cousin is one of mine and Kel's biggest cheerleaders and she loves to see us continuing to pursue our goals. And this is where I was really able to see that life as like what it could be rather than focus on what it is. Hawaii was also a huge reflection time I felt like. like Autumn's cousin's perspective helped us to understand and be proud of how far we had come and all that we accomplished. Especially she, the growth. <laughs> yeah, she was so much of a bad Her influence just encouraged us to embrace full-heartedly that attitude. And she just really helped us look at things in a very different light. And best of all, was a perfect example of just how to love unconditionally. And I feel like we've taken that lesson on and have applied it since then. We are seriously so grateful for the time we got to spend there and the willingness of her cousin and their family to offer us that experience. So I came back from Hawaii right before Thanksgiving because it was my dad's birthday. I had extended my trip from beforehand because <laughs> I was supposed to leave after Oahu the first time. For a good week and a half, and you honestly, like, the only thing bringing you back was, like, your dad's birthday. And you're kind of like, I want to stay. But you wanted to be there. Yeah. But we were even thinking, like, what if you just came back? Yeah. <laughs> Me, there wasn't really much of an adjustment being back at home. Things were just kind of back to normal. And I wanted to avoid that seasonal slump that I experienced the couple of years in the past. I so, feel like you did a really good job about that. Yeah, I was very adamant about searching for ways to keep myself busy when it got cold since I no longer had a beach to go lay on all day. <laughs> and that's when I started going country dancing alone. I'm not really scared of doing things alone anymore and I found that I quite frankly enjoy being the center of attention as long as it's something I'm good at. And I can say we're getting pretty good at country dancing if we do say so yeah. ourselves. <laughs> I mean we literally go almost every week for like two years now so. Yeah. yeah. We're pretty experienced, to I say the least. <laughs> I think that this is honestly where I really started to put myself out there, though. Rather than sit around and wait for somebody to come ask me to dance, I would go around and find guys to dance with me. I mean, at the end of the day, I wanted to get better at dancing, and I'm not going to do that just standing there. I put myself out there and got to know a lot of the other frequents at country dancing. Guys, I was so sad to leave Hawaii. I got home before Christmas. And coming home was super hard. I had a lot of personal family things that I had to overcome. But with time, like, taught me that I could do hard things, especially when it's good for me. And, like, 
my cousin really helped us know that like, you know what, like it may be hard, but it'll be better on the other side. With getting into the flow of being home, Kel was gone so much during this time, mainly up to Idaho for work-related events, and we even spent New Year's apart that year, and it was kind of just strange. Like, not that we'd spend New Year's together like so many times before, it was just kind of like, oh, strange in a way that it felt okay. This was when I really relied on the friends that I'd reconnected with before leaving for Hawaii and was able to spend time with them, but also just make, like, make sure I took time for myself. It also wasn't as hard for me to have her gone though due to the fact that I was kind of still in long distance friendship mode and it was easy to switch in and out of that long distance phase and then back in each other's company. And we do that so much now. When Kel gets home, we talk and communicate about dumb little things. We'll be together all the time. Yeah, no, like <laughs> all the time. But <laughs> and when then, she's on work or trip or traveling, like we, like it's a switch. It's back to like one week calls, like we'll text if we need something. Yeah, like our whole it. aspect of our friendship accommodates to the situation and where we know each other's headspace needs to be. New Year's and on was smooth sailing. Nothing noteworthy within our friendship happened. We took a trip to Disney back in March and I immediately left on a work trip from Disney. After the work trip in March, I got back and was around for a few weeks and then I left to summer out in Texas. When I left for Texas, it was like Autumn said, really easy for both of us to transition back into long distance friendship again. And I honestly, <laughs> I think that the podcast actually helped quite a bit because it was like Autumn was still getting to hear from me, but on her own time. It's... I love listening to Kel's podcast. <laughs> I kid you not because like most of the time I listen to them on my drive to work because that's when I feel like I can solely listen to it and not let, let anything else distract me because like I give her feedback on the podcast every time. Yeah. And so I'll like be going along and sometimes like she'll say something and I'll just laugh and then like go to respond because obviously it's Kel and me talking <laughs> to me and then I'm like, wait a minute. She's, She's not, not here. here. <laughs> so then she'll text me or yeah. call me. <laughs> I'll text her. Most of the time it's text yeah. now. Or I'll be like, hey, when you have a set, call yeah. me or something like that. Because we've gotten into that aspect. Like, so <laughs> funny to me. But so with Kel being gone, like, I got super close with our third friend, Lissa. Lissa, we love you. This time was honestly fun. I was going country dancing alone and meeting new people as well. I got my old job back and was getting super motivated again with going back to college because y'all college can be hard and you can definitely burn yourself out. So we all met up in Miami, our friend Lissa's birthday in May. That was such a fun and smooth trip. And then I went back to Texas in autumn back to Utah. In June, we met up in Hawaii and that trip is just super special to me and just reiterates the significance of Hawaii to us. Hawaii is just, it's home now. Like it feels like home. It is. We were house sitting for Autumn's cousins while they were on vacation. So Autumn, Liz and I got to hang out there. My cousin had mentioned this to me a couple months prior and I immediately texted Kel and I was like, yo, we have to make this work. And I'm so grateful we did because I loved this trip. Like we tried new things and got closer to each other in ways we never could have without this time away from reality because like we just got into this perfect routine of all three of us doing our own routines, but just together and then hanging out on the beach and just spending all that like good quality time together. Natural and we felt just enlightened by each other's presence. Oh, 100%. So I was still working while we took this trip to Hawaii. I just wasn't in office, so to say. But it was definitely a nice break from all of the testosterone. I think we all gained a better understanding while on this trip of how to love more fully. 
Whether that's ourselves, our families, or our partners, love was definitely the resounding theme throughout this entire trip. I left this trip feeling very refreshed with this new perspective of acting out of love in the relationships around me. Coming home from Hawaii was fun. I moved into another apartment with literally within 24 <laughs> hours of coming home. And it's been fun to live on my own again. With coming back home, I got into a routine of work and spending a lot of time alone with myself. I found that I was able to fully enjoy and honestly now need time to myself. It was fun to talk and catch up with Kel every couple days, but valued the time apart because it made me appreciate our friendship more when we were together or even just our weekly phone calls, thus introducing another theme that we had learned while in Hawaii. It's good to miss things. This is something we live by to this day. Yeah, especially like when I'm gone during summer or like gone on other trips and Autumn's like, it's been a second. It's just a good reminder that it's okay to miss things. Like it's better because when you come back, you just have so much more to like bounce back on. So in this same time, I was also thoroughly enjoying my time alone. I was living in my own apartment in Texas and then in Georgia and let me say it is so nice to not have roommates i was getting to know the work culture a lot better than the year before because i was around them all the time and then i was also getting to know the culture of the place i was in autumn and i didn't see each other for all of july <laughs> but honestly it was okay like it was yeah it was fine not, like either one of us weren't like oh my gosh i miss them so much and, like my life's falling apart no or something it was like just kind of like hope you're doing well like this is what i'm up to yeah like, what are you up to we'd send point fives back and forth <laughs> proof of lives <laughs> yeah proof of lives every single day well more it turned into weeks for a while it was good every day so funny story previously this year autumn and i bought tickets to see parker mccollum in august and that was in Utah. And we bought these tickets for my birthday. Because it was like a week after her birthday. Yeah, so I was like, that would be fun. Like, I've never seen a concert or anything. So it would be a cool experience. The concert ended up happening right in the middle of the most anticipated work period of the summer. And I didn't know the dates for this like work period. And so that's why it kind of came as a surprise. We also had just up and moved to Savannah, Georgia. And flying out of that airport was upwards of $700 compared to about $200 from Houston. So I decided to have Autumn take the other ticket because I felt like it wasn't a good time to try and fit that concert in. I felt like I, I was really understanding, but yeah. I was also like, I think we both were disappointed. Like this was something we'd look forward to since this, like what was it? Like October, we bought them in Hawaii. Yeah. Like we, we were, we were disappointed, but both were very understanding of like, okay, you uh, know what? Yeah. Like we need to make this work because it, it just can't be done. So a week before the concert happened, Autumn reached out, she called and I didn't end up answering, but she left me a voicemail basically saying that she wanted me to be able to enjoy the concert if I could make it out even for a day. She offered to pay for part of my ticket and I talked to my boss about it and I ended up flying to Utah and being there for literally less than 48 hours like one like a 24-hour period was spent traveling like between layovers airports and everything the other 24 hours was spent with autumn for the concert that was it <laughs> that was it autumn's gesture was just another instance where i have felt so grateful and appreciated she was speaking my love language it seriously is not about the price to me it's the fact that she was willing to not even consider price just to even be able to see me for literally 24 hours 
and that allowed us to spend quality time together. That was also my first concert, like I said, and so that made the experience even more special. I ended summer at the end of September and drove back to Utah from Georgia, and since then we've continued to be smooth sailing. I still come and go as frequently as I did. Or even, like, more. True. Yeah. Yeah, I've been gone a lot more this off-season than last. <laughs> yeah, but I've been busy with a job that I absolutely love and studying with school and this, but this hasn't affected our friendship. Like, we've adapted to different things. Like, sometimes I'll be like, hey, I cannot keep the plans that we made. I have to get this homework assignment done. Yeah, like, especially this past semester. Oh my gosh, this semester There have been my times ass. where, like, we would plan for yoga at night or something and she'd be like, sorry, like, I have to cancel. And it got to the point where we we're like, okay we'll see each other on Sundays and then we're we're going our separate ways and we're like okay we'll probably see each other again on like Thursday, Thursday for country dancing and if not we'll see each other when we see each other yeah but it was never like I want to Kel never made me feel guilty or make me feel bad about the fact that I had to cancel plans just because she knew where I was at and sometimes Kel would be like hey like I'm not gonna be over there for a couple more hours than we planned because I have to finish this work and I'm just like okay yeah like we're just very understanding like this is an adult season of our lives like we can't very adult yeah (laughs) but but like we still make sure that we both put in quality time with each other when we can and appreciate the patience we both have like I said with our very different work and school and life and family and everything schedules and we can definitely tell now that like when it's been a long time since we've seen or talked to each other because we eventually get a little pissy <laughs> like yeah. when we haven't sometimes uh apology to my coworkers. i'll get a little attitude with them and like get snippy with them and then figure out it's like oh i haven't been around autumn in a second time to like, give her a call or it, i'll just get so mad because like kel understands me really well we both understand <laughs> each other very well and so like sometimes when people are like i stutter well, even over my words. our jargon like when no. we talk like sometimes autumn will just straight up start a sentence and not finish it and i'll know exactly what she meant what she needed yeah. how to respond same thing with kel <laughs> like she'll give me a look and i'm like oh we need to go get food yeah or something <laughs> like that like we just are very i mean as you guys have heard throughout this whole story we've been through a lot to get to where this is but like oh my goodness i'm so glad we did <laughs> i think we've definitely come to recognize how much our cup is filled when around each other at least in comparison to the other relationships. Yeah, definitely. Kelly is very much so for me an energy giver. And there's other friends that are more of an energy taker, but like I'm still, they're still in my life, you know, but sometimes I'm just like, okay, like I just need to either spend that time with myself or spend more time with Kel to like get my cup filled back up. Yeah. And I think, so that's kind of where this, the idea of this entire podcast episode started was Autumn was telling me about this conversation that she had with someone at work and they were basically telling her there are going to be people in your life where you just absolutely cannot get along with them and that's because you're on different wavelengths and you can't adjust to one another whereas there's going to be people where you feel like you are in such synchronicity with each other and you're just on the same wavelength that it even travels through distance too and I feel like that's the point that me and Autumn were at and that's like proven itself lately. Oh, so many times. Yeah, because we'll be like sitting there and I'll be thinking something. Autumn will straight up just say exactly what was on my mind. And like, it literally happened today. Like, <laughs> on multiple occasions. And so that's like what I wanted to talk about is the fact that there are those friendships and it's important to be able to realize what you're gaining from a friendship and if you're not gaining something and they're not gaining something, when is it okay to cut that off? 
To wrap this all up in a nice and pretty bow, we wanted to give you guys a few takeaways that have been the foundation of our lasting and healthy friendship. And I think that a lot of it can be applied to literally any relationship for that matter. First up, time heals. After any major setbacks with the person or a situation, allow yourself the time and the space to heal. If you don't, you'll project any unresolved feelings or mindsets onto incoming opportunities. And honestly, nobody deserves to have that, like, pain and hurt projected onto them. Like, just take the time. It helps. It may be frustrating at first, but it really does help. There's longevity in it. Second, love languages. But, like, if you expect to feel loved and appreciated in your relationships, you need to make that effort to do so back towards that person. Like, it is not easy at first. Not at all. It's going to be uncomfortable and take time to get used to, but you'll find that rather than feeling drained from the energy you put into the relationship, you'll always feel uplifted and enlightened once you make that effort. If you need help on like where to start with that, I have another episode on love languages. I think one of your like first episodes. Yeah, it's towards the beginning. So take a look for that. It's called I Love You As A Friend. (laughs) Wow, how fitting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Third, it's okay to have boundaries. You should not lose sight of yourself and the systems that work for you in your relationships. When setting boundaries, be clear in what it is you need or want and why. Help your people more easily accommodate to you by explaining why it's important to you. I feel like, yeah, like at the beginning we had a hard time with it, but like this has definitely benefited us so much from this foundation that we made. Yeah. We are able to communicate better and not feel frustrated because we have a better understanding of each other. If we didn't take the time to listen and understand where each other was coming from, like, we would have never known. Like, if you didn't know why I had such a hard time with your walking in the house, yeah, like, then, like, you know. wouldn't have quit it, like, no. and then I would have been more annoyed with you. But lastly, like, we really didn't touch much on this, but we feel it's very important. There is no such thing as embarrassment. We really aren't sure exactly when in our timeline of friendship that Kel said this, but it's something that we use to this day. No such thing as embarrassment applies to outside opportunities as well as never feeling embarrassed in our friendship. We are able to be our own person and not feel alienated by doing so. Our friendship became a lot easier and natural the second we became more transparent with each other. Not being embarrassed is not being worried about stupid questions or suggestions. Emphasis on the stupid (laughs) questions, you guys. I have a lot of dumb questions but sometimes I'm just like what do you think about that yeah but also it comes down to things like oh like how do you think this looks on me and not being embarrassed if someone says it looks bad like little things like that it's respecting what the other person has to say or what the other person does embarrassment is a figment of the imagination and there is no reason to put someone else down or yourself down because of it hashtag no such thing as embarrassment (laughs) all right guys that was a long episode that was a lot to debrief with you it's kind (laughs) of fun though (laughs) that was I think that was my most vulnerable episode, so welcome. This is Kelly Mae Williams, everybody. I really, I hope that this episode was not only entertaining, hopefully you got some laughs out of it, but also educational. Like, I I hope that you learn more about relationships and not, not only friendships, but if you're in a relationship with a person, like that too. Also, your family relationships. Just, I hope you learned something. I don't know that I'd be the person I am today without Autumn's influence in my life. And I will go even as far as saying that the lessons I've learned from this friendship are things I will be looking for even in a boyfriend or a husband. To know Autumn is to know me. Was there anything else you wanted to add, Autumn? (laughs) 
Well, like Kel said, like we wouldn't be who we are today without the influence of each other. And I'm so grateful to have Kel in my life. Her friendship has benefited me in so many ways. And I'm excited for future seasons of life with my best friend. But thank you for having me on your podcast. And I'm sure y'all will hear about me in future episodes. So <laughs> thank you, Autumn, for joining me on today's episode and for helping me talk to these guys about healthy friendships. I hope you guys all have a good and safe New Year's weekend. And I will be back next week with a new episode of moderation.